You are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Among the many truisms and cliches routinely uttered about the Giro d'Italia, one that none of us would dispute, even in this relatively barren age for home riders, holds that the race is, and always has been, an Italian national institution. In Italy, there is no equivalent of UK legislation dictating that sporting events of such status must be broadcast on terrestrial networks, but the Giro's home has nevertheless long been the state broadcast at Rai, save for a brief residency on Silvio Berlusconi's Mediaset in the mid-1990s. Every May, the voices of Rai's commentators and pundits therefore flood through Italian living rooms. They become familiar, one of the sounds of the springtime. Until now, they have also been almost exclusively male, like the power structure and focus of this entire sport. The 2021 Giro, though, represents the dawn of a new age, certainly in those Italian homes. For Rai's frontline commentary team features a woman for the first time. Born in Padova in the northeast Veneto region, Giada Borgato is 31 years old, a retired former Italian national champion herself and the co-commentator whose observations on this year's race, delivered alongside Francesco Pancani, are providing an astute and mellifluous user's guide to the Corsa Rosa. E la sta per prendere Bouchard, eccola qui, 16% la pendenza e guarda Bowman sta salendo veramente molto molto forte, l'ha messo nel mirino e adesso per Jeffrey Bouchard inizia davvero a patire, a far fatica. La classifica generale può contare però anche sugli abboni ha fatto il vuoto ha fatto il vuoto 14% la pendenza ma guarda che potenza qui per Bernal in Guardia San Framondi on Saturday after her latest marathon stint behind the mic Giada sat down with me to discuss this small step for one woman and hopefully giant leap for womankind in Italian sports broadcasting So Giada, we're a week into your first Giro d'Italia working for Rai. First of all, a simple question, how's it going? Oh, now it's going really very well. Uh, we are a great team. Uh, they are supporting me in everything we do. So I feel good and everything is okay. Long days, um, I know that, difficult days, but... Um, I know you were nervous when you started last week, as everyone would be, but tell me specifically what were the things that were making you nervous? Um, yeah, I was really nervous at the beginning because it's the first experience here in the Giro. I already worked with um, for the men uh, races, but not in such a big event. So it was uh, everything was quite new for me. But uh, now I, I learn how to do, so yeah, the, the, the day is very long because we leave the hotel very early in the morning and then we come here, we follow all the race, the, the first hour, hour and a half, we don't, comment, we don't comment the race. We start from two o'clock in the afternoon and then we do three hours of race, so... It's a long commentary, but it's good to do it, and I love it, I'm having fun, so yeah, it's good. 
And when did this all start? That how long ago did you know that you were going to be the um, opinionista for Sky? Is it, was it months ago or weeks ago? And, and tell me a bit about how you found out. Uh, they told me one month ago. Uh, I was commenting the Trofeo Binda for the women's racing. And there was the, the, the director of the Rai and uh, he told me that I would have been the, the commentary for the Giro d'Italia, the commenter. Uh, so it was quite a shock for me. Because and not much time to prepare either. Only a month to do all your notes and all of your preparation. Yeah, it's been a full month <laughs> and on the computer, on the roadbook and everything I had about the Giro. Uh, so I was... Uh, very nervous uh, all month because uh, yeah it was a short period to study uh, so I went full gas for one month and then when I came here everything was done so I was uh, pretty calm here but it's been very hard <laughs> before the Giro <laughs> and obviously one of the things that you would have been worried about was people's reactions anyone anyone who works on tv whether you're a, a man or a woman you're always worried about reactions and um well how have you tried to protect yourself against that yeah i, I knew it was uh, a new thing for everybody uh, women voice it uh, could be not uh, nice for somebody that you know it's um, cycling is still a very male uh, sport, you know. Now also women's cycling is growing and luckily it's more known now. So that helped me a lot. And, you know, now I comment for women's cycling, people start to, to know my voice, uh, who I am. So it's, it, it's been better for me that this thing. But I knew that there was a part of uh, people following the Giro that maybe uh, wasn't happy to, to hear a woman voice. Uh, so I was scared about it, but I was sure about, what the, about the work I've done at home. So I was uh, pretty ready and I said, okay, the team Rise Sport and all the team uh, um, believe in, the, in this, believe in me. So this was uh, everything for me. So I didn't protect my, myself from the opinion of the people from outside. I just say, okay, I go, I don't have nothing to lose. I go straight, this is uh, my, uh, this is my, my Giro, this is my, uh, how do you say, my goal of life, you know. Uh, they give me the opportunity and I couldn't say no. I just say, okay, I go and we look what we can do. I know you're on social media and social media can be a, a, a viper's nest yeah. for reactions. Um, how do you protect yourself in that regard? Um, are you looking at social media? Yeah, I was scared about it because on the social media, everything, everybody is allowed to say what they think. And I was scared to open Instagram or Facebook and read something bad about me. There are people <laughs> telling, oh, your voice is not good or other things. But there are, most of the people are happy. So for me, the, the few people saying, oh, this is not good or, or bad things are not important for me. I try to keep the bad things to grow if there are things that can help me. 
but then I'm happy to hear that most of the people are happy uh, how we work all together, not uh, just about me, but how the, the team of the Rice Sport is working. So for me, it's important. A lot of people were surprised when they heard that you'd got the job just because of Italy's relationship with women. Um, you know, from the outside, it can seem contradictory at times. Women are very important in Italian society, but then on the other hand, um, you know, you have velines, showgirls, which have disappeared in other countries. Um, as I say, it's a, it's a complicated subject. And, um, but were you conscious of, of, obviously you must be conscious of what a huge step it is, because I don't think there's been a, an opinionista in, in sport, any woman at all. There have been presenters, Anna Bilo in football, Alessandra De Stefano, but to be an opinionista is a huge step, isn't it? Yeah, it's a different role, mine. Um, yeah, it's a new role and I, I, I'm conscious about it and for, yeah, how you said, it's new for, for, my, for my country and it's true that a lot of newspapers wrote article about this because I'm the first woman commenting the, the Giro d'Italia, so it's a big news, uh, but it's uh, nice that uh, things are changing, you know. Uh, now it's different. We have a, a lot of uh, journalists like Alessandra and um, and others working since many years. So I don't feel like I'm the first uh, doing something new. But it's important that things are changing. You know, Marion Russo is already a few years that she's commenting for men's cycling. So. We just have to, to wait the right moment and maybe this is the, the moment. There is at least one World Tour rider whom Jada knows better than almost anyone. Her boyfriend, the Bahrain victorious rider Eros Capecchi, isn't riding the Giro, but has been at her side for the last nine years. Ever since, when they were both competing for Italy at the Worlds in Valkenburg in 2012, they exchanged telephone numbers and began dating. Mi senti? Sì, 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 io ti sento benissimo. Sì, sì, sì. On Sunday, I interrupted one of Eros's daily reunions with Giada. That is to say, when he sinks into the couch in the house they share on Lake Trasimeno. And together with millions of other Italians, here's her bring the pictures to life. She really liked commentating straight away. Obviously, women's races initially, and then last year, Rai asked her to do three of the men's classics. They saw then that she was good, that she could do the job, and based on the first few stages of the Giro, I'd say everyone would confirm that. Maybe I'm biased, but I also know how many compliments she's getting, and I'm getting for her. Obviously, I'm happy because, well, happy wife means happy life, as they say. We're not married, but you know what I mean. On the day when she got the news, she was away at her parents and she just said to me, Eros, I've got something to tell you, but you can't tell anyone yet. So she told me and I said, well, that's a great opportunity. But I think I was more relaxed about it than she was at first, just because of how important the role is and the pressure it obviously brings. Anyway, she started preparing straight away and she'd occasionally ask me things if she wasn't sure, but I haven't volunteered too much advice because she's been up to her eyes in maps and climb profiles and what have you. Sometimes I'd be telling her things and she wouldn't even hear me because she was too focused on the homework. So I tried to leave her in peace as much as possible. Obviously I was training, but also taking the dog for walks and so on. 
but it wasn't difficult or awkward in any way. I could just see that she was nervous, as anyone would be. Now that it's all started, you also don't know what people's reactions are going to be. And that adds another layer of anxiety. I like social media, but I don't like reading the comments, just because sometimes they're from people who know what they're talking about, but often they're not. People either take to something about you or they don't. They may be biased for some reason, or in some cases they simply don't know what they're talking about. Then there are the people who will criticise you regardless of what you do or say. I told her that she'd get good and bad feedback and that she should try not to pay too much attention. But fortunately she hasn't told me about anything really unpleasant so far. Men's cycling may seem like a really macho, male-dominated world, but I've also seen it change over the course of my career. As the years have gone by, there have been a lot more female staffing teams, press officers, soigneurs and so on. Although that's also a little tricky, because obviously we're getting undressed on the bus or might need a towel passed to us in the shower. But even with those constraints, I've been in teams with a lot of female staff. Obviously, the media's been a bit different and Giada's the first commentator in Italy. I said to her, try to be the first and not the last. <laughs> Optimize your fueling strategy with real-time glucose data, actionable inside, and personalized analytics. We are here to help you achieve your performance goals. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success. Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast. Powered by Super Sapiens. Kilometer Zero is sponsored by Super Sapiens, and we've been finding out about Team Novo Nordisk, which was founded as Team Type 1 by Phil Sutherland, one of the key people behind the Super Sapiens continuous glucose monitoring app. Now, all the riders on the team are type 1 diabetics, and for one of their Italian riders, Andrea Peron, the dream of riding in the pro peloton looked to be in peril when he was diagnosed as a teenager. But with the advance in science and technology over the past two decades, it's become easier to monitor the changes in glucose levels to ensure he's able to compete and look after his health. The condition is still an ever-present part of his life, but it's by no means the same obstacle it once was. It meant Andrea could concentrate on making it as a pro, and I asked him what his dream bike had been when he was a youngster. I was, I'm still, I really like to have a Conago C40. I remember it's my the bike that uh, the first races and racing that I was looking in television. And it was like the the best bike in the group, so I still really like. As luck would have it, Team Novo Nordisk race on Colnago bikes now, and this week Andrea was part of the team racing at the Tour of Hungary. With eight World Tour teams on the start line, the level of competition was even higher than in previous years. Damien Housen of Bike Exchange won overall. And for the Novo Nordisk riders, it was a tough week. They suffered illness and crashes. Andrea was just outside the top 20 in the opening two sprint finishes and then had a crash in the final kilometre of stage three. And although he was able to continue the race, he was pretty banged up. Then... During the night before the final stage, he had an insulin low and after consulting with the team doctor, decided not to start the final criterium in Budapest. His teammate David Lozano made it into the big break during stage three, though, and we'll hear from him next time. To find out more about the Super Sapiens continuous glucose monitoring system and how it can help your performance, go to supersapiens.com. Borgato may be a pioneer in her precise role, but she is, of course, not the first woman to work at the Giro for the written press or television. 
Some of the most glorious chronicles ever written about this race were penned by Anna Maria Ortese, a winner of Italy's most prestigious literary award, the Strega Prize, who was dispatched to cover the 1955 Giro for the weekly magazine Epoca. Dismissed, ignored or even ridiculed by some male colleagues and indeed many riders, Ortese experienced the Giro, as one writer reflecting on her mission later put it, like a religious ceremony presided over by male preachers to which she had not yet been granted access. Not that it stopped her from capturing all of the Giro's beauties and contradictions, as in this passage about a by then fading Fausto Coppi. And finally, one single roar in which there is love, admiration, but also a fright, announces Coppi's arrival. There was wonder even for the layperson in seeing him advance. Effortless with a lightness and violence that seemed to cost him nothing, almost as though he was falling and was exerting himself only to absorb some vague force. His wheels, don't ask us how, seemed to spin higher and lighter than the others. Enchanted wheels which had kidnapped the senses of farmers and peasants at the roadside yesterday. While his upper body remained still, relaxed almost, the pained, severe expression that we all know shifted this way and that, straining curiously, smiling without smiling. Like the other riders' faces, it was red and hollow, and his eyes glistened as though with tears that were in fact flumes of sweat or water that he had poured over his head and was now dripping down from his neck and brow, like the beak of an exhausted bird of prey, his nose pierced the air and the cloud of white dust. He was perhaps exhausted, but he flew. If Ortese has an heiress at the 2021 Giro, it is Gaia Picardi, Il Corriere della Sera's reporter here. Gaia Picardi, correspondent for uh, Il Corriere della Sera, you've been doing the Giro d'Italia for um, many years now. Well, first of all, um, this year on Rai Television, we've got Giada Borgato. It's been seen as a big step forward, um, an unusual step because there have been female presenters before, but not a co-commentator. Do you think it's a big step? Uh, I don't like to see it as a big step because it's, it looks like something, you know, no, you know, like a circus when you, ladies and gentlemen, be ready for the big uh, attraction. I mean, Jada is not attraction, is a technical commentator for cycling races. She's very good. She can speak uh, very, she's art articulate. Uh, she knows what she's talking about. That's the main thing. So I like to think that there are good commentators and bad commentators and not the women commentators and, may and men commentators. So it's fine. I mean, it's a, it's a step for Italy, for sure. I, I can't deny that. I don't like to see it as, a, you know, as something exceptional, which it isn't. It's something that it was meant to be. Uh, in 2021, ah, thanks God. <laughs> in that case, um, Gaia, if, it, if we shouldn't see it as a big thing, what do you think now when I know this still exists on the, for example, the football programs on Italian TV and they have, I don't know what they, they call them, they're not Velina, but they, they have a, a woman there just who's not really allowed to speak. And what do you think of that in 2021 when you still see that? Well, Daniel, um, Many things have changed. 
fortunately. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Um, I mean, Veline, it's an old uh, way of seeing things. Veline, it's, they, they don't even exist anymore. I mean, it's something... Uh, we've come a long way. Uh, women can speak about soccer on television, so they are not only Veline. They're women who knows the matter. They, they know soccer and they can talk about that and they can ask questions to male coaches, players. So uh, I think that we have to try to see things in a different way. Uh, beyond, beyond any stereotype. Uh, again, it's 2021. Um, we have to try to change our mindset, first of all. Uh, so we can speak about anything. Uh, sorry, everything. Just the opposite. We can speak about everything. Um, it's not strange. It's not a big news. It's normal. It's normal. The day that you are not going to ask me this question... It's going to be fine. I, I think people, are, it's maybe seen as a big step, not so much in Italy, but outside of Italy, because we see things like the Berlin, and we have maybe a preconception about Italian attitudes to women. Right. Which, and they're contradictory in the sense that um, the, the, you know, women are very respected in some ways in Italy and, you know, in the family. And, but in other ways, we see things that we can't quite believe with not so much podium girls, but as I say, the Vellini and things. So that contradiction is curious for us. Well, I don't... Well, no, as a woman who's covering sport, uh, which is considered a, a, a male staff, uh, you know, as a woman who's been covering stuff with uh, sport, sport items uh, for the last, uh, I'm afraid to say, 30 years, hmm? 28, 30 years, it's normal to me. Um, it's not normal to be in a press room and being the only wom woman. That's not normal. I, I admit that. The only sport that I can see um, that has uh, press rooms without women as cycling is uh, used to be Formula One races. Uh, I've, I've been not covering Formula Ones for many years now, so maybe things have changed in that uh, uh, sector as well. I'm the only one, yes, sometimes I look around and I notice that and I wonder why. I don't think I'm a pioneer, uh, I don't think that I'm a heroine, I'm, I'm just someone who's trying to do her job the best way possible. Among many men, yes, okay, that's fine. They are all respectful and they are nice and they, you know, they can, we can share things, we can, they ask me for my opinion. So I don't see anything, I don't see anything strange, not anymore, at least. To say that Italian television ignores or underrepresents women would of course be inaccurate. They are everywhere, but often, sadly, as bikini-clad ornaments in primetime variety shows. In sports broadcasting, fortunately, several talented presenters have forced down doors. For example, Anna Bilot on Sky Sports football coverage, and also at the Giro with Rai, Alessandra Di Stefano, one of the voices of cycling in Italy for the last two decades. Non fai onore al ciclismo, non fai onore alla storia del Giro d'Italia. Sei presidente dell'associazione Corridori. Ma si corre, ma che discorso è? Ma che discorso è? Non sai cosa dire, Cristian, non sai cosa dire. Prenditi le tue responsabilità e dovresti prendere. If Giada Borgato lasts as long as De Stefano, it will probably mean that, in her own studious, undemonstrative way, 
She'll have been both a contributor to and a beneficiary of mercifully, belatedly changing attitudes. On Saturday evening when we spoke though, Jada didn't need to tell me that just preparing for the next day's broadcast, not to mention the 300km car journey to another Finnish town, was quite enough responsibility for the there and now, for any woman or indeed any man. Che lavoro, ha fatto un lavoro eccezionale il suo compagno che è riuscito a chiudere sull'uomo della Eolocometa e su Daniel Os che avevano provato ad anticipare. È un cale Biwan che poi ha dovuto fare una rimonta incredibile su un Gaviria. I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but in 10 years when there has been when society and attitudes have evolved even more, do you think you can have a female, well, you know, completely equal opportunities and female opinionista and then also the veline and the showgirls or do you think that will disappear and um, you know that side of Italian sports coverage will disappear maybe hopefully uh, maybe we will don't we we don't uh, change so much so we we always have we will always have the veline and uh, all these uh, kind of uh, um, of showgirls But the, the only thing I know is that I will never be a showgirl. <laughs> I just want to be... Uh, I don't want to tell that they, are, they aren't serious because they just do they, they, their work and everybody cha- um, choose their, their own road, no? But I like to be as I am, so I would never accept to do a, a showgirl. But to remain on my sport, to, to comment seriously what I know, my, to tell my experience and, and doing just what I'm doing now. Tell me about some of the good advice you've had, and both in terms of the technicalities of commentating and also just how to deal with you know, this situation and you, you know, you, yourself being nervous. Has anyone really helped you over the last week and what have they told you? So. Uh, people, the family tell me to be who I am and not to try to be somebody else and to stay with the foot on the ground always, <laughs> you know, uh, do you say in English that? <laughs> okay, so, you know, it's just the, the beginning, this uh, can be something important for me so i don't have to change it uh, to change myself and that's the most important things that they told me and that i want to follow and what about eros um how did he feel how do you think he felt when you were asked to do this job uh, eros is uh, really happy and proud for for me It's bad that he's not here in the Giro because uh, it's, it's not part of the Bahrain Victoria squad for, for the Giro. But every, every day he tells me if, it, if I was good or, uh, or other things and then we discuss about the stage and, and it's important also for me to have his uh, support. And Jada, would you still be a cyclist, a professional cyclist, if women's cycling had been in 2000 and when did you finish 2014 if then it had been as developed as it is now would you still be a cyclist yeah i love the cycling women cycling nowadays and yeah i would have raced 
I would have loved to race uh, with this kind of cycling, so more professional, with the men teams coming in the women's peloton, because I was wondering to have this when I was a cyclist. So when I was a child, I was dreaming about the big uh, teams with the bus and all the things that now they have. It's not the same for all the teams, because there is such a, there is still a big difference between the big teams and the small teams. Uh, but things are changing and we are growing years by years. And yeah, if I would have been a, a still a, a cyclist with this kind of cycling, yes. And you've had a, you've had a long day as every day is long so i'm going to let you go in a minute but just want you to tell me one thing you've learned about italy in the first week and one thing you've seen one thing that you didn't know about your country that you found out in the last week and also who's going to win the giro who can win the giro yeah. uh yeah i'm i don't know maybe bernal but i'm scared uh, obviously i'm scared uh, but in a good way um, about Remco Evenepoel because I see him uh, riding very smart uh, he's strong so I think that uh, Remco Evenepoel is one of the big pretender of the winning of the Giro d'Italia and what have you learned about Italy in the last week that you didn't know before uh, I already knew that Italy is a such a nice country we already start from the north and now we are in the south and Italy is, uh, uh, is such amazing with places uh, different places but uh, every every region is special also with the food <laughs> I'm trying all the food uh, the typical food of the region and for example yesterday I ate uh, Pizza, pizza, um, minestra in pizza. It's not a pizza, but it's like a vegetable with something. Uh, it's like mice inside. Mice ah, flour? Maize. Si, si, si. Maize flour, uh, fried, and with this, these vegetables. And So you think about a pizza, but it's not a pizza. And the other day, a rosticini in Abruzzo. So what the... I, I didn't learn something in particular about uh, Italy this week, but I just confirmed that Italy is a wonderful country. You have been listening to an episode of Kilometer Zero by The Cycling Podcast, supported by Super Sapiens. It was presented by me, Daniel Freiber, and produced by Adam Bowie.